Heyo, heyo, heyo. Yeah, that's about as cool as I'm going to get. And it wasn't even cool, let's be honest. Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-wing two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is Just Shayin'. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Just Shayin'. Um, if you have tuned in at all to the last few episodes of this podcast, first of all, a huge thank you. Second of all, y'all know I'm just coming to y'all fresh from what is going on in my heart and in my soul, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. I took a couple days and I was like, you know, maybe I'll actually like methodically, 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 I think that's right. Oh, man. Um... Maybe I'll think of an actual topic, like like sit down and give myself some bullet points. And nah, that's not what's happening. I literally am sitting down with a microphone in front of me and just kind of going for it. Um, there's a lot I could talk about, as we all know. But I wanted to actually kind of come at you, not come at you guys. That sounds very violent. And I have no intention at coming at anyone just making that clear so I don't get any weird emails. Okay, you know it's true. Somebody go email me. Please email me, but not about that comment. I want to talk about humility. Ooh, I even stumbled on that word. So, because the opposite of humility is pride. And I just feel like pride is not something we, we know about pride. But it's not a conversation that everybody just enjoys having. If you enjoy talking about pride, that's a whole nother episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I wanted to get on here. I've really been, personally, I've been walking out something huge. And there's been, even in the last month, three weeks to a month, there's been this huge shift in my heart, which is awesome. And that's something that I am being honest with you guys, I'm stewarding it in my heart and in those closest to me. Um, there will come a time that I share that, and I'm very excited about what God's doing inside of me. But right now, I'm treating it like Mary when God told Mary, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is what's up with you. And, you know, you're going to birth the Messiah. And she was like, mm. she didn't go and run and tell everybody. She didn't throw her pearls before swan. She concealed it in her heart. My God, if we could conceal something in our heart without feeling the need to put it on social media. And I'm the first one that I am coming at. I'm the first one on the chopping block when it comes to that. And so I'm choosing to steward uh, and conceal what he's doing in my heart to those that are in close, close, close proximity to me in my heart. But I wanted to get on here and share um, something that may not be super popular, but, you know, it'd be like that sometimes. But I want to talk about humility. I want to talk about pride because 
There's so many scriptures. And I'm, let me just start here. I am learning in a whole new measure to walk in humility and what humility looks like. Because humility is not being passive and not saying anything. Humility is not, um, you know, I think sometimes we talk about, don't, you know, fake humble, fake humility, you know, kind of like, you know, passing it on, like passing the compliment, not receiving it because, you know, to God be the glory. And yeah, to God be the glory. Yep. But at the same time, God used you. But at the same time, that doesn't mean get a big head about it. (laughs) I know, people. It's a fine line. I know. And I can't tell you what that fine line looks like. I just can't. I wish I could. I'm still figuring out from my own heart. So I bless y'all follow. But I want to talk about a few scriptures, uh, multiple scriptures. First, Peter, James, you're probably like, where are they? Uh, James 4, 6 through 7, first Peter 5, 5 through 6. They all refer to kind of the same thing. There's uh, so many scriptures in Proverbs and even some in the Psalms, but it is basically referring to God opposing the proud. You heard it. You heard it. And you're like, mm. God opposes the proud. It doesn't say God opposes the sinner that's proud. It doesn't say that God opposes the, you know, certain kind of proud. He it just says literally God opposes the proud. And so I want to wrestle that tension out. I want to wrestle the tension because I think And now again, this is just something he's working out in me, whether it's the Pharisee that lives inside of us that wants to be seen, feels like they have like I have the answer. I'm the spiritual one. Um, When we cross over that line and only, you know, when you cross it, only I know when I cross into that self. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like wanting, you know, that self boastfulness, that self-righteousness, if we will, that I have the answer, you know, that thing, that Pharisee yucky stuff. When we pop into that, when we pop into that, we have therefore become haughty and proud. Therefore, there's parts, I hate saying it, that God opposes that that thing. God opposes the proud. God opposes pride. And the thing is, I think, please don't throw stones at me. I think that you can belong to God, have a heart for God, and live in pride, and there be things that God's opposed to. Dare I say that you can live for God and not live rightly before Him? Yeah, I know. It doesn't seem like that joyful word. Like, there ain't nobody probably praise breaking me right now. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. Why is it okay? Because this is something I've been conquering in my own heart. Um And I know that God is kind. I don't question His kindness. Actually, it's His kindness that leads us to repentance. Yeah. 
I love that the Beatitudes have to be lived out in a place of humility. I love that it's about those that are poor in spirit, those that are peacemakers, those that are hungry, meaning they haven't satisfied themselves, that they maintain a desperation. All of the aspects of the Beatitudes come from humility. None of them say, look at me. None of them scream, I got the answer. Everything about the Beatitudes screams, I'm in need. But this is the promise I get if I stay in need of Christ. Man, I, I'm i not going to lie. I'm sitting here like, should I even post this podcast? Just throwing it out there. I am not saying that what I'm what am I saying? It's a great question, Jay. I'm not saying that if you have pride, you're you need to get saved. I'm not saying that. I don't agree with that. What I am saying is that there's a place in the kingdom that he says, even scripturally, that he never leaves nor forsakes the contrite heart. The one that's essentially broken in sorts. He never leaves them. So why, why am I, why are you constantly trying to not be broken and prove ourselves and show our best face? Like, look what I can do. Look at my achievements. Look at my trophies. Look at my triumphs. But yet God's like, I'm closest to the brokenhearted. I'm closest to the ones that know that they need me. Actually, I'd even go to say he says scripturally he comes for those that are sick. He comes for those that need a savior. He comes for those that know that they have a need and he's the only one that can feel it. So that thing in all of us that we wrestle with, that prideful thing, actually he finds to be like he, he, um, ah, what's the word? He finds opposition with the prideful places out of his goodness, out of his kindness. He will soften our heart to realize, oh my gosh, I'm being prideful. I would go to say that Jesus is so jealous for me and so jealous for you that he will rip, he will literally rip all of the idols from your heart so that you will remember. So you will remember your yes. So you will remember the great lover of your soul. He's that kind. He's that kind to chase you down. That's kindness. See, I think what happens sometimes culturally, especially in America, I love America, but I think in, in, help me Jesus, especially in America, we think goodness equals comfort. And it's not that. Goodness, his goodness does not equal your comfort. Now, does he promise comfort? Yeah, he promises comfort because he knows it's going to be hard. And he knows that in order to know that we need him, it's going to, it's going to, there's going to be some ups and downs. 
and we're going to need a comforter. But he never promises that it'll be easy. And he never says that, that that goodness is based or defined by our circumstances being all together or us having all the answers to this life. No, if we have all the answers, we essentially have become God in our own life. And I would say we're not following him very well. Not to say someone's not saved, because that's that's a whole different ballgame that I'm not even trying to get into, because I disagree. You can still be saved. You can still be his kid and still have pride in your heart and still struggle with these things. Yep, I said it. Help me, Holy Ghost. I am the first to sign up to say that I struggle with this. I am driven. I enjoy um, production. I enjoy projects that are done. I enjoy, I enjoy it. I enjoy people seeing that I work hard. I enjoy, um, you know, I enjoy that I hear God and I know I hear God. I don't enjoy when I'm self-righteous with it, when I'm self-entitled. I don't enjoy when I feel like I'm the only one that can do it. I don't enjoy when I feel like I'm the only one hearing God and I have the answer. There's lots of pressure in this department. And all of a sudden, you can look up and be like, where did everybody go? Only to realize nobody left but your pride has got you isolated. Your pride says, I'm the only one that knows how to fix this. I'm the only one that knows how to do this. I have the word of the Lord. And you know what? That's what's weird is there's this tension where sometimes you do have the word of the Lord and sometimes you're to stand on that word. But you don't do it from a sense of pride. You do it from a sense of humility saying, God, I trust you and teach my heart. To walk in your ways. Woo! Anyways, I, so what is humility? And here's the thing, I'm walking this out. I'm not even sitting here like, and here's the dictionary definition of humility, and this is what it looks like. I have no idea. But what I do know is you can have the word of the Lord. Shoot. You can be a prophet. You can be up there with status with Sean Bowles. I don't know. Like, I don't know what God's got on your life. But I do know that he never calls anyone to wear it with self-righteousness and entitlement. He calls people to wear it with humility. So what does humility look like? In, in this, there's so much I can say, Gen- like genuinely. Humility looks like letting people in humility looks like inquiring of the lord yeah just because i think that i may know what route something needs to go doesn't mean i don't need to inquire of the lord i need to inquire of the lord i need to sit back get his heart get his um, perspective. I need to check my heart because sometimes my heart isn't pure. Yeah, I know you're shocked. <laughs> I know. I know you're shocked. Shay, what? Yeah, right. I'm human. 
I'm human the same way you are. And so I think what humility is, is like when we see King David, a man after God's heart, stop and say, I must incline the Lord. I need to hear what God is saying. I need to hear that. Even though I, I, I like think that we should go this way, I think I should say this, I think I need to do this, I'm going to sit and incline, incline my ear to the voice of God. Um, humility looks like letting people speak in when you don't necessarily want them to. And here's the thing, humility doesn't mean you have to listen to their answers or even necessarily like do what they're saying, but humility says, I am humble enough to realize that I am a human and I may be missing it. And so I am going to bring people of wise counsel around me. That's humility. Humility goes completely opposite of what cultural pressures we feel. Culturally in the world, it says you do whatever you want to do. You do what makes you happy. You do your truth. You do you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We celebrate that. Yeah, girl. Yeah, man. You do you. The kingdom does not say that. The kingdom is completely opposite. I would even go to say that the world is screaming, my rights, my rights, my rights. And the gospel actually says, I have no rights. <laughs> yeah. I have no rights. When I said yes to him, I took on him and whatever he wants. Man, help me, Jesus. I, it's so easy. It's so easy to pop into, look at me, look at me. Um, So what are some practical things? I'll just, um, I, (laughs) What are some practical things that help us stay out of self-righteousness? What are some things that help us stay out of entitlement? Gratefulness? That is huge. Come into my courts with thanksgiving. I've never met somebody that is prideful that is grateful. Because the two can't coexist. Entitlement and and gratitude... They can't coexist. They can't. So if you're grateful, if you are are operating in a spirit of gratitude and you see God everywhere and you see his, um, his grace on your life and in your community and you're allowing people in and you're grateful that they're not just sitting there being yes people to you. Um, telling you what you want to hear, but also telling you what you need to hear. If you're grateful for the house you live in, if truly you, they're like, like entitlement can't coexist with a grateful heart, with a heart of gratitude. Like it just can't, it can't do it. It's like, yeah, it's just not possible. It's not possible. So if you find yourself struggle busting with some pride issues, my antidote, in my opinion, is gratitude. It's thanksgiving. Um, Something that also helps us not jump up into self-righteousness is realizing, ah, it's realizing that you're sinner and saint. And I wasn't going to say this. Because I know that we live with a glorious hope. And I know we're full of the Spirit of Christ. I 100% agree. 
on the other side of that is the I am being transformed. I am being sanctified, right? I mean, I know you're sitting there like, "Mm, yeah, you, you are being sanctified. You are being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I'm pretty sure that you're not 100% there. You know, if you are, by golly, please email me. Um, Just saying. Uh, So how do we live in both? So the idea is grace. Grace is so much more than, man, God gave me the grace to, to do a health journey. You know, grace empowers us to do something, something like beyond our strength, beyond us. Grace is salvation. It is by grace and faith that you have been saved. I want to say that's by faith you've been saved. And then it goes into something about grace. Don't ask me. I'm not pretending to be a theologian. I actually don't even have any books in front of me. It's literally just out of my heart. Grace is so much more than just, yeah, you know, by grace, I didn't go, you know, to the bar. Like, praise God you didn't go to the bar. Praise God you're not smoking a blunt. Praise God I'm not just sitting on the couch eating 10 pints of ice cream watching Netflix. Like, that is real. That is real grace. The beautiful thing about grace is it's so much more than just that. Grace is my neighbor across the street that doesn't serve God. Like, I need the same measure of grace that he needs. Even though I've been walking in friendship with God for 14 years, 15 years. Yeah, I need the same measure. And so when you realize that you actually have the same portion of grace, I have the same portion of grace Todd White does. I have the same portion of grace uh, my neighbor does. I have the same portion of grace that a mega church pastor has. I need Jesus the same way. It's the same measure. It may manifest different because grace does. Grace in our lives looks different. But it's the same measure. It took the same cross. It took the same cross to Jesus, for Jesus to die on for my life as it did fill in the blank of your hero. It took the same cross that my neighbor across the street. It's the same cross, the same grace, the same mercy. Praise God. That is good news. So when you realize it took the same cross, it will quickly combat that self-righteousness. It doesn't mean you don't have a history with God. You do. A beautiful, beautiful, beautiful history with God that I, in the last weeks, have just become so even that much more grateful for my history with God. Um, It's a beautiful thing. And I pray that even as you listen to this, God would remind you of memories and times that he encountered your heart and that you fasted and you consecrated and you gave yourself to this thing. Shaba. This thing's not easy. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) It's not easy. It's not easy. It's like his commands are so simple, but man, they jack me up. Like they make me go, man, I've got to go lower still, lower still, deeper still. My goal is to look like him, and that means I have to go lower still and deeper still, which means I have to walk in humility. You're not immune. And when you realize you're not immune to things just because he lives in you, 
then you can't really partner with pride because humility looks like I'm coming at this person I'm talking to with empathy, realizing that, you know what, that could have been my story. You know what, that could be my story 10 years from now if I choose to let it be. Shoot, that will keep you grounded and sober-minded. And in these times, culturally with everything that's going on and the church with everything that's going on, what we need is a sober-minded army. One that says, I'm hungry for the things of God. I want to be an open vessel, a willing vessel for his kingdom. I am. The spirit of God lives in Shay. The hope of glory lives inside of me. But on the other side of that coin, I need thee. I need thee every hour. I need thee. So I pray for humility in your life, in the global church's life, that it's okay if we don't have answers. It's okay. It's okay because Christ is the answer. And if we can humble ourselves, He'll use us. He'll use a humble one. He uses the humble. He uses the meek. He doesn't use those that are proud and rigid. He'll use you, but it is going to be very, 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 very limited. But if you can be bendable and flexible and humble, teachable, kind, empathetic, compassionate, humble people, he will invade your world. He will invade those around you. He will use you. So I want to call us into this humility. Uh, So much pride has been exposed in my life in the last year, year and a half. And he has just been going at that thing, relentlessly pursuing me. And I just found myself repenting in the last, like, since 2020, maybe longer. God, I'm sorry that I, I may, maybe I made this thing about me. Maybe I made it a self-centered gospel. Maybe I put all my expectations on what you told me you were doing that I couldn't see what you were actually doing. I think we need to be honest with God. And so I want to invite you into that. So God, I thank you. I thank you that you find us in our mess and you find us where we are, not where we think we need to be. And I pray, God, that you, I bless these people, these listeners, your children. And maybe they're not your children yet. Maybe there's somebody listening that has not surrendered their life to you. I bless them to come to know you and to come to surrender to you in humility, knowing that they're in need. You actually don't want perfect people. You don't want proud people. You actually oppose proud people. But if we can come with a spirit of humility, you co- you open your arms wide open. And that's really what it means to come to you, is to say, I need a Savior. I need someone that's bigger than me. I need someone that I can lean on that is almighty, all-powerful, all the things. And so, God, I thank you for this, this conversation. I pray you bless it. I pray, God, that you would use it to draw us closer to you.
in Jesus' name.